On this week's episode of The Fifth Line, we do some Marner talk again and discuss whether he'll be signed by the beginning of the season. We'll also talk about the Kuznetsov situation as well as the Vegas Golden Knights hitting the maturity stage of their franchise. You're tuned in to The Fifth Line. Welcome back to another episode of The Fifth Line. This is episode eight. My name is Nick Berlanski, and I'm here with Nick Horwat today. How are you, Nick? We're back. You went to where again? I went to the Outer Banks. Outer Banks. So I've been telling people Florida, and I've been wrong, but that's okay. Yeah, no, not, not far that, that far south, but uh, was south. I did get kind of a tan, so I'm back and ready for the NHL season, which is still a, over a month away. But... Some news happened this week. Yeah, we did. We had a lot of news this week. How great is that? Before we get into that, you can listen to The Fifth Line on Spotify and Apple Podcasts by searching The Fifth Line. That's how you listen to us. You can get in touch with us by email at thefifthlineshow at gmail.com. Send us questions. Send us what you think about what we're talking about. We'd love to hear from you. And other than that, let's get started. We had some news. You can also, hold up real quick. You can also follow the social medias. But yeah. we always forget to plug. Yeah, we, we use often. Yeah, we have an Instagram account and a Twitter account. The Twitter account is at or yeah, it's at the fifth line one, and our Instagram account is the fifth line. The fifth line show. Oh, Boom. This is the fifth line show. Yep, I was just pulling My it up. Bad. But there you go. Go follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Go like and subscribe our stuff on Apple Podcast. We have. A couple ratings, so thank you to those who, who have rated us, and thank you to those that have listened to us. Woot, thanks for sticking around. We got a lot of we got a lot of gas left in the tank. A lot of gas left in the tank, and a lot of news this week, as yep. you said. Yep, all right. Which is now it's gonna do it. completely different from last week. This week, let's start with the non-player news. Former Penguins assistant general manager Bill Guerin has been hired from the Minnesota, or by the Minnesota Wild, excuse me, to be their new general manager. As we reported on the show, Paul Fenton was fired a couple of weeks ago. And he was replaced by Bill Guerin. He beat out the likes of Ron Hextall, as well as Peter Shirelli, and even I heard Pierre Maguire got a nod at a <laughs> at a possible interview there. But Bill Guerin gets the job. Okay, so he beat out three duds, basically. I mean, Ron Hextall is not really a dud, I wouldn't say. Eh, I mean, he's not a great GM, but... Shirelli and Maguire, yeah. I would Pierre say. Maguire seems odd to me. Seems odd to you. What like I know he has history of being a scout for a couple teams, including the Penguins. I just don't know what kind of does he have experience in a field such as that, more than just a scout. You know, I never took him as a serious enough candidate to do the research. So, okay, if you know that, obviously email us, sure. hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on Instagram. We'd love to know the answer. Does Pierre Maguire have any experience other than scouting, which obviously is still in the same realm, but assistant general manager work, anything like that? Yeah, I'm just curious. But, no, Billy Guerin being the GM, um, Billy G, GM. I'm gonna got to come up with something funny there. The Billy GM. Yep, that's, that's as easy as it gets. Yep. Um, I feel like it's a great uh, look for the Minnesota Wild, considering they are a train wreck at the moment. Billy Guerin knows that knows the game very well. He seems to he helped helped the Penguins a lot the past few years with development and drafts. So him being uh, ahead in a in an NHL role will be will be fun to watch and see if he can pull him out of the dumpster that they're in. Yeah, he was also the general manager of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton, the, the Penguins AHL team, the Wilkes-Barre Scranton. He took over those duties since Jason Botterill left and headed towards Buffalo. So c- congrats to Billy Guerin. Uh, like you said, they're in a horrible situation up there in Minnesota. And whenever you get a new coach, whenever you get a new GM, it's kind of a reset button. It's, it's a time for the fans to look and say, all right, now is the turnaround point. Whether it is or not, that remains to be seen. Obviously, it wasn't last year with Fenton. But uh, maybe this year with Bill Guerin. We'll just have to wait around and see. Uh, I don't think they have too many other moves they need to make for now. They'll just have to get the season going, get camp going, and then go from there. 
And speaking of moves that the Wild made, the day that they announced that Bill Guerin was their GM, they also made a signing. RFA Joel Erickson Eck signs a two-year, $2.97 million deal. That's 2.975 AAV, average annual value. But they, they get one of their young guns back. So that that's a good sign. I don't know. See, it was so soon. It was about two hours after the, they announced Guerin. So whether or not that was his doing or that was already in the works before that and they just waited to announce one uh either way that's how the garen era starts in minnesota yep and uh, it's a good young player for them uh hasn't put up numbers yet in his career but i feel like he has the ability to um go off at some point and be a, a mid midline guy for them especially on a team like that who the wild do have talent it's just a matter of them displaying it finally yeah they had been in the playoffs for so many years straight just never really able to find it in the playoffs and then last year it just all went really south really quickly and this year i mean it, it doesn't look like they could be good but who knows you could turn it around really quickly especially when you have a goaltender the caliber of devin dubnik yeah um and you still can't count out guys like eric stalk who could have another rebound season or ryan Suter, who's like these are guys that are getting old, but they still have the ability to perform in this league, and they still have the young guys. Um, like we just mentioned, Eric Snack, Kevin Fiala, they picked up, and I'm looking for another. I know there's a big one in here. Where did uh, Zuccarello go? Minnesota. Why is he not on this list? Okay, I'm looking at a weird list then. But yes, they have the uh, they have the talent to be a performing team it's just time for them to show it and this is the year to do it really no no one's getting any younger on that team those contracts aren't getting any better it could be worse they could be the ottawa senators who also had a big signing this past week signing colin white to a six-year deal worth 4.75 million dollars a year whoa that i understand hitting the cap floor and we talked about it before with the Penguins' Jim Rutherford signing players that are less than stellar to long extensions. And Colin White, I mean, I guess he'll have the chance to show it off with Ottawa, who there's not really much top-end talent. So he'll get a chance to show that off in Ottawa, and we'll see if he's, uh, he's worth the six-year deal. I don't know much about Colin White, so um, seems like a decent deal. Obviously, they do have to hit the cap floor, and he was there before, correct? Yeah. He was re- he re-signed there. Okay. Well, then they just got a guy to stick around a little longer, shockingly enough. But um, the term's always good for a player, and they'll just have to perform to prove that 4.75 cap hit is all. One player that didn't sign for term is Derek Broussard. He signed with the New York Islanders, finally found a home. He's played for three teams last year, was traded twice in the, in, you know, in last season. Signed a one-year deal, just over a million dollars for Derek Broussard to play for Barry Tross and that team in New York that, you know what, might be getting a little under the radar coming into this season, even though they went and swept the Pittsburgh Penguins in the first round last year. What are your thoughts on Broussard to the Islanders? I don't see Broussard signing a long contract anymore in this league. I feel like his chance was after we got him, and then obviously he couldn't perform well enough. I never say we, I mean the Penguins, obviously, but... I don't see him holding down a long-term contract anymore. He's got talent, but he may have wasted away a little bit flipping around a couple teams the last few years, which usually doesn't look good for mileage, but a one-year deal for him as an experiment is not a bad idea for the Islanders going down their center depth. Great help for them. Derek Broussard, like I said, has his talent. Hopefully it's not fully wasted away for the Islanders and... Honestly, you can't you can't beat a 1.2 million price tag on anybody anymore. Especially somebody that has the talent, the, the the talent possibility, as well as the experience that Derek Broussard brings. And you know, you said it best when he came to Pittsburgh. That was his chance to really earn his money because he had played well in New York and become a star, or not even a, as much of a star as much as a big name and a household name. He went to Ottawa, and you know, with Ottawa became that household name and continued what he was doing he came to pittsburgh and he kind of withered away in that almost full season that he played here and then he of course he gets traded 
once. He gets traded again, and then he ends up in Colorado at the end of the year. Plays in the playoffs, scores one point, and then ends up being a free agent for a long time. And this is what happens. You sign with the Islanders. At least he signed for him. Signs with the Islanders for $1.2 million. It's a good fit for the Islanders. Hopefully it's a good fit for him, and he has to prove himself this season. Yeah, now is his opportunity. He's had some lackluster years over the past couple seasons. So it's time for him to really pull, pull himself out of his shell, pull himself out of this rut, and be the player he knows he can be and that everyone else in Ottawa saw whenever he was up there. Lastly, the Lightning. This one kind of surprised me a little bit. The Lightning signed Pat Maroon to a one-year deal worth $900,000. Pat Maroon, the hometown hero, obviously, the Game 7 hero in the Western Conference semifinals against the Dallas Stars, you know, the double overtime goal against them for the St. Louis Blues, wins the Stanley Cup, and now goes to Tampa Bay because somehow Tampa Bay that had zero cap space and still has people to sign. One person played for them. One, well, a, one big contract to sign. Just keeps adding people like Pat Maroon, a good bottom six forward that just come off, came off a big Stanley Cup victory. What are your thoughts on Big Pat going down to Tampa? Oh, uh, the big thought for me is under a million dollars. Who? What kind of blackmail do the Lightning have now? What? what how are you going to get Pat Maroon for under a million dollars? That's nonsense to me. Yeah, and it's not even like he wants he's going there because he wants to win a Stanley Cup. He just won a Stanley Cup with his hometown. So how does 900000 My My question, how do the St. Louis Blues not offer him that? And how does he, if they did, how do you not accept that? You just won a cup with this team. It's your hometown. I just, I don't, I, it, that caught me by surprise so much when I was sitting on vacation. I saw that and I couldn't believe it. Yeah, like he, just last season he was making... Um, a capital of one seven of one million, ah, one seven five, making around two million dollars the few years before. It's, I I don't know where this could have come from. Maybe he just wants to play for, for Tampa. Just being a journeyman, dude. It's just the way it is. It's just nuts to me that they got him for under a million dollars, especially with the way contracts are going these days. How often are you going to see an under million dollar contract for a guy who's not? signing their first contract or not an RFA. Mm-hmm. The guy's got some pretty good years under his belt. He's got a cup under his belt. has that great game-winning goal. It's nuts that that didn't buy him at least a $2 million contract right there. Tampa Bay's got something, I guess. I guess so. So moving on from our, from our news to something that is really not newsy, one RFA in particular, we talked about all the RFAs last week on our show. Mitch Marner, in this past week, has started talking to teams in the Swiss League. Uh, just got to pass some time, I guess. He is probably just making those discussions to have somewhere to go when camp starts to keep his reps up. Same thing Nylander did, except he went to his hometown team. Nylander went to Sweden. Yeah, so it was a little scarier then because it was like, oh, wait, he's kind of from there and could probably just sign a contract and play. But Marner doing those talks is probably just uh, keep the reps up. There's nothing to be too scared about. But the only thing that could be scary about it is that might be just him implicating, oh, this might go on for a little while. Mm-hmm. This might be a minute. That's what I thought when I saw it. Obviously, you mentioned the Nylander situation that was just last year. If that taught us anything, it taught us what to expect with the Marner situation, at least a little bit. He has up until December 1st to sign with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Otherwise, he'll have to sit the remainder of the 2019-2020 season, and if that happens, he will be a restricted free agent again next year, not able to negotiate until July 1st of 2020. If all this happens, basically it's back to square one next July, so I, I, I highly doubt that it'll get to that point. We didn't. We saw it up until the deadline last year with Nylander. Do you think that Mitch Marner, come game one of the NHL season in October, which they are game one, it, it's them versus, I believe, either the Senators or the Canadians, but they're night number one, game number one. Do you believe that Mitch Marner will be standing on the ice with his teammates come game one? I feel like he will be. I feel like it'll finally get handled by then. He might miss a preseason game or two. But I feel like he wants to just sign a contract and get it over with. There's no way he doesn't. Obviously, it's not him that's causing this issue. But I feel like it'll get done before uh, puck drop for the season opener. 
I do not. I think you said that last week, but I and I can understand why too. You can understand why. Yeah, I just I feel like especially now seeing that he talked to teams in the Swiss League. Now a lot of people are saying that's not much. He's just getting his ducks in a row in case. I feel like if he wanted to play that badly, he wouldn't need to get his ducks in a row. He'd look at Darren Ferris and say, whatever happens by game one, I'm signed. Understandable. Obviously, the Maple Leafs won't know that. Yep. But I feel like if he wanted to play, he wouldn't worry about getting his ducks in the line outside of the NHL. No, and that makes total sense. It's all up to... I guess Marner at this point to just say, hey, here's what I want to do. Obviously, he's talking to talking to the teams to have everyone ready, have himself ready. Um, obviously, it's just a sign that this is going to continue on. And it's not really what you want to see as a Leafs fan. You do know it's probably not much, considering it did happen last year with one of their top with with Nylander. But it's still not a reassuring fact, knowing that it's possible that he's going to be out there during the season exactly and it's it's just he is as you've said on another level level than William Nylander so missing somebody like him will be really debilitating I think to a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs yeah it's gonna definitely hamper the discussions a little bit too I think um because both teams or both sides obviously want to get something done. The both sides cannot come to some sort of agreement. Apparently, Dubis and Ferris are just not talking, or something like that. There's some weird. That's, I, a, that's a great negotiation tactic. Yeah, I saw some weird headline that was like they were in the same vicinity for something and they just didn't discuss anything. But it's not ideal for the fans. It is ideal for Marner, obviously, to keep his. Body and body and mind in the right state, and that is to play hockey. Having him go to a Swiss league isn't that where Matthews played? Matthews did play in the Swiss league. Yes, I saw. He was drafted. Yeah, I saw a lot of people drawing comparisons there for some reason, but I don't know when a Swiss season starts. It'll just be interesting to see how this all plays out. I don't know when he would go over there to start training. It's when do. When do NHL teams start? Probably, I believe, just about two to three weeks before the season starts. So in about a week or two okay. now, from now, from recording, is when NHL teams are going to start reporting. You're already seeing some teams start to get players that are moving back into their cities. Good. So it'll all just depend. I think it's. I still think it does get done. I think this is just a precaution, not so much a I'm doing this to – I, don't know. I think they're just doing it as a precaution to have him ready in case, you know, the worst does come to the worst. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's it's hard to th- say just because, yes, it makes sense that he would get his ducks in a row just yep. as a just-in-case because in this league, obviously, it's uncertainty, and you don't know if Dubas is ever going to budge. You don't know if Ferris is ever going to budge on the Marner side. But I, I just feel like at this point, of this situation, and especially with him seeing what Nylander was able to do last year and probably evaluating himself higher than Nylander, so not probably not worrying as much about that that little lull when he comes back. I just I feel like we're in for another ride of we won't see Mitch Marner until December 1st, which which sucks. It right. sucks for Maple Leafs fans. It sucks for hockey fans in, in, in total because Marner put up more than 90 points last year. Not to mention the fact that he was electric with John Tavares. It is a real detractor to the NHL and the NHL season to all fans that watch every game in the NHL. Not necessarily every game, but like to watch games in the NHL. To not see those two on the ice, to not see Mitch Marner on NHL ice to start the season would be a travesty. I just feel like the writing's on the walls. I don't yep. I don't think he'll be there game one. I can see that too. My question though is, is this going to start the... Uh, domino effect of all the other RFAs doing the same thing because apparently I read this today that a team in Sweden I forget where exactly but Stormar Hockey from whatever European country they're from um tweeted hey Avalanche this guy looks quite happy here Nico Rantanen is already training in Europe <laughs> their the rest of their tweet basically said 
We promise we'll take good care of him. Just take your time. We've got a jersey number 96 open. So. That's a little messed up. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of messing with him. It's all, like, that's what I would wonder now. Is, like, is that going to, is the Marner thing holding off and talking to people um, in Europe, is that going to start the domino effect? Or is Miko Rantanen going to start the domino effect one way or the other? These, like, there's so, we, we talked about last week, there are so many RFAs still out there that should be signed by now. What is everyone waiting on? And we are moving in. This is our last August episode, so we're moving into about a month away from the season. So these guys need to get something done or else they're going to have to sit out games. That's so weird, though. And, it, like, and it, it's horrible, and it makes me so mad because the NHL is so evenly matched throughout the entirety of the league. We don't need players that are this good sitting out the beginning of the season. Yeah, and it's it's I, it's weird that that's an option to go and practice and train and probably play in Europe. I mean, I get it's what they have to do to continue playing, but the fact that it has to even come to that for a lot of these guys is outright sad, honestly. Someone's got to get something done. Someone's got to get the ball rolling, and it needs to happen soon because things are happening soon. Yep. (laughs) Big things. So... If Mitch Marner misses game one, it's because he couldn't come to, to contract, you know, because of a contract dispute with him and the Leafs organization. If Evgeny Kuznetsov misses game one of the NHL season, Woo! it's because of his own doing. Um, if you haven't heard about this before, late last week on Friday, it was announced that Evgeny Kuznetsov, the Capitals forward, was suspended four years from the IIHF for cocaine usage during the 2019 World Championships. Now, this is something that had been kind of going around, a rumor that had been kind of going around, but the bombshell was dropped last Friday. So, wait, they, it was... So, let me start that over. It was, it was for him using cocaine during the World Championships? Yes. Okay, so he's... Okay, because that video... Because the video came out of him earlier this summer... Um of him with multiple lines of cocaine in front of him <laughs> that he said that he denied that he used was in Vegas during the cup finals. So now that lines up with a reason without reasonable doubt that that's been going on for a while. That's a sad situation for him. I didn't realize it was from the world championships. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He, he failed a test, I believe at the world championships. And they had suspended him. I'm not sure what took so long for them to announce it and or them to come to that conclusion. But that's what happened. And that's what I, I read. And then I also read um, what the NHL will do. I read it. Uh, Bill Daly's quote, the blanking on it. I, I had it down here somewhere. Uh, works for the NHL, obviously. The deputy commissioner. I think that's what he is. That's what it is. Yeah. He, in some of the highlights from his statement on the Kuznetsov and Capitals thing, Cocaine is not considered a performance-enhancing substance and not considered a prohibited substance in the NHL. But that that second part is very strange because the NHL used to have a very under-the-radar cocaine issue. Dating back to as early as the like the mid-2000s to early 2010s, I think it was a huge issue for the Kings. Like, I remember Brad Richards just straight-up left the team. Or was it Richard? Mm-hmm. One of the Kings straight-up left because of his issues. So knowing that it's been an issue in the NHL before and that's not a prohibited prohibited substance, substance that's wild and not good. The fact that that's not a prohibited, the fact that the NFL (laughs) has a long list of prohibited substances and get these guys for it all the time, but the NHL has nothing. Yeah, I mean, cocaine's a prohibited substance in the United States of America. Yeah. So I'm not sure why, if it's illegal in the in the USA, how it is not. I mean, I guess players are indifferent. They go home and you can't really, that yeah. the whole jurisdiction thing. It's still weird to me. But things that he does have, he does have to seek treatment from the NHL for his cocaine substance abuse issue. And he will also have a meeting with Commissioner Gary Bettman. And appropriate actions are going to be determined afterwards, whether that's disciplinary or otherwise, meaning whether or not he's going to be having to sit out games or if he's just going to have to take a course or take a meetings or meet with people about that. So what I got from the 
uh, Washington Capitals, their release said, we are aware of the positive test results related to the international sanction. We are disappointed with... We understand that Evgeny has voluntarily sought help through the education and counseling program provided provided for in the NHLPA collective bargaining agreement. So the Capitals are saying he has looked for his help through the NHLPA and their options. And the Capitals then said, we are now putting it up to the league. The Capitals saw it as he got his help. There's nothing else we can do about it, which is what, as a team, you're supposed to do. Yep. Really? You're not going to, because he's your star player, you're not going to throw the book at him. I mean, if it was some scrub fourth liner, they'd be like, all right, you're gone. Cut. But that's the way sports are. That's the way society is. The better you are at things, the more leeway you're going to get. Um but like I said, he's the star player. He's not going to, you know, be given the hammer, given the axe, all that. He's going to be given a little punishment from the team, probably. The league will handle the rest is the way it's looking. Uh, I don't think the team's really going to punish him at all. I think, yeah, you know I what think I mean. They yeah, handed, yeah I, I think they handed it over to the league. I don't think the team is going to hand down any punishments to Evgeny Kuznetsov yeah. at all. It, it's going to come down to the league, like you said. Uh, my question to you is, do you think he misses any games? I think he should. I'm sure he will. I'm not sure how many or how much time he will miss. I feel like that kind of has to happen just to prove a point, and a rule needs to be changed, obviously, with the whole substance thing, because that's just strange that that's not already a thing. But I feel like to really show something to the rest of the league that it kind of has to happen, he kind of has to miss time. How many how many games did Tom Wilson miss at the beginning of last season? Last year he was set to miss sixteen. Okay. Instead he missed no, he was suspended for twenty, he missed sixteen. I know it's a weird comparison. Will it be more do you think it would be more or less than that? I think it would be much less than the twenty. Okay. Much less. I if I had to I obviously not knowing anything about player safety's decision making in the, in this matter obviously it's not prohibited as a substance but i feel like you look at the fact that he was suspended for four years from international hockey yeah i think they will look at that and they they can't sweep that under the rug obviously they can't just say he's getting treatment and that's fine they can't just fine him i think he'll get suspended probably six to seven games to start the season okay i could see them doing it not so much a game count, but as a time frame. So I could see them saying three months, two months, something like that. They probably won't do a game count on that because it is a situation of it's not a like it's not like he you know did like you know had a dirty hit or had a dirty play or something like that. So they're not going to do it by a game. I think it's going to be a time frame situation. If they do anything, it'll probably be like a month, two months, something like that. Uh, have do you have? Has that ever? I can't remember in my memory ever hearing of a time frame suspension other than a year. Other than yeah. a season. I feel like once you get within a season, it's usually in, in the game frame because it's so unspecified when you go time frame. If you say two months, for one team, two months could be 40 games. For another team, it could be 30. So I feel like I feel like it would have to be a game count, and I don't think it'd be more than a month because more than a month is over 20 games, and I don't think that they're in the habit of setting that precedent that it is not a prohibited substance by the NHL. Whether it should be or not is a different discussion, mm-hmm. but it is not a prohibited substance. So you're there, he's not going to get suspended as if he was taking PEDs, right? So which even that's then why isn't... I think it's going to be less than 10 games. Which even then, PEDs, they don't, the NHL doesn't hand out that long of a suspension. Cause they usually Nate, hand out half a year. Nate Schmidt was, how long was Nate Schmidt suspended for? Nate Schmidt was 20 games or 40 games. One of the, it was one of the two. Well, now I have to do that search real fast. But uh, while you do that, I'll just, yeah. Evgeny Kuznetsov obviously had his own statement. He apologized, said how much it means to, wear the country's flag or wear your country's flag and play for your country and that's something that he's he 
he ruined for himself, he said. And for the next four years, he won't get to do that. Any international competition, if the NHL returns to the Olympics, he will not be participating. If they have a World Cup, he will not be participating. He will not go to the World Championships after any season. That's 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 what he yeah. did to himself. Uh, did you get that information about Nate Schmidt was suspended for 20 games. Okay. I, so, I, yeah. I don't so know. So that's why I'm saying probably less than 10. Yeah, maybe I'm thinking a little little heavy on it because you're thinking nfl i'm well because i'm also thinking you know i'm thinking because the iahf said four years i'm thinking well that's a long time for a suspension really well you think about how many games somebody plays in international hockey especially as an nhl player over the course of the season so i feel like four years seems like a lot but when you consider the fact that in the world championships you play what six games maybe if you play in the Olympics, it's 10 games maybe. So that's 18 games. So four years for them is basically like a season in the NHL. Right. Um, it's still, I just feel like, that still just feels like a long time because, I mean, let's say, I don't I mean, let's say the Capitals, like, you know, don't make the playoffs in four straight years. Who knows? Say something happens. Um, he's a, If he would have been able to play ev- pretty much every game of the national championship, for four straight years, say the NHL goes back to the Olympics. There's 10 more. Say there's a World Cup. There's however many more. Say Russia does good. There's more games there. I just feel like four years still seems like a long time and a lot of hockey to be lost. Uh, Obviously, the NHL won't hand out a full year, obviously. So so I'm thinking somewhere. I would give it a month, maybe. Just I still feel like it would be a time frame thing because it's not a suspendable thing or not a smell but it's not a it's not an in-game offense or what we were saying before it's not a prohibited thing already mm-hmm. so they're gonna just give it a time stamp and just say we'll figure things out at our next bargaining agreement because that's when all of this shit's gonna get figured out yeah and as of right now that could be next season but as of right now it's kind of looking like it might be put off for a couple more years which would be fantastic it would at least mean no lockout. It would mean no lockout for at least a couple more years, and that's all we're looking for as fans. Yeah. It would. Sorry to the players that they couldn't do that immediately, but hey. So enough about players that won't be there. Enough about players that haven't signed yet. Enough about players that have done too much cocaine to sign. Uh, let's talk about some players that are actually going to be playing and a team that's actually going to be playing come the beginning of October. Let's talk about the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas, the 31st NHL franchise in the league currently. Yes. Obviously, they're much further down than the actual ones. But they're Team 31 as of right now, until Seattle joins in a couple years. (laughs) This will be year three of the Vegas Golden Knights. Can you believe that already? Three years. I feel old, man. Three seasons for the Vegas Golden Knights. It feels like just yesterday that we were doing our mock expansion drafts. Oh, yeah, it does. I, I can remember... I can remember... The V draft, the expansion draft. I was in Newcastle. I had softball. I, it's weird to think that was only three years ago. I'm feeling old. Anyway, what do we have to talk about? <laughs> well, year one, obviously everybody knows they went to the Stanley Cup final, lost in six games to the Washington Capitals, who we just finished talking about. Year two last year, they lost in the first round of the Sharks. Asterisk by that, based on the penalty... They lost in seven games. Yep. That crazy game seven. Yep. Is this now the team that we look at and can actually say, because this team has changed so much in the first two years. Is this now the team that we look at and say, all right, this is the identity of the Vegas Golden Knights minus a couple of people plus a couple of people. Do they finally have a solid core going forward? I believe they do, and I believe this is the team that we're going to see for years to come for the next half decade. I think this is the Vegas team that we can expect to see. And I think this year will show us how they're going to be for the next five years. That'll almost take them to the penultimate ending of their first decade as, excuse me, as a franchise. So do you believe that this is the team that we're going to see this year? Do you think that the first two years were kind of just testing the waters, figuring something out? Do you think this is now the team that's kind of more like every other NHL team? Basically, are the training wheels off for the Vegas Golden Knights? Absolutely, I think so. I think now we can finally look at them as not a new team. Um, obviously, the first their first year was, oh, they're the new team. What can they do together against this team, against this team? Second year was, 
Well, they did some amazing stuff last year. Maybe it was a fluke. Let's see what they can do. Now they've proven they can make the playoffs on their own. They can probably win a playoff series on their own. Obviously not counting their first year. Like I said, like maybe people are looking at that as a fluke. They could have probably won that series against San Jose. They should have. They should have. Um, so they've proven they can make it to the playoffs on their own. They've proven making the playoffs and making it that far the first year wasn't that much of a fluke. They have legitimate skill and talent on that team. And they keep adding to it. Max Pacioretty was an addition. Paul Stasny was an addition. Mark Stone was an addition and a signing <laughs> for a ton of money. They look good top to bottom. Everywhere you look there. Uh, they don't They don't even have contracts to shed really anymore. <laughs> they look stout and ready to continue on proving they are a good team. I feel like the one thing they could use, and this is just my opinion, they should get a captain finally. That's my opinion. Year three, you think they need a captain? I think so. I think it's just... Are you of the belief that every team in the NHL should have a captain named? Well, that's great. My internet's down, by the way, to anybody who's listening, and my, my Amazon Echo Dot decides to respond to us and tell us that there is no internet connection when we already know that. So, uh, carrying on from that, as you were saying, or did you lose your train of thought? Um, I do. I am of the thought that every team should have an NH, and every NHL team should have a captain. I don't know why exactly I think that way. I just feel like they're the only sport that makes it obvious they have captains. They're the only sport that makes it obvious that they have one solo. Yes. Captain. Yes. I feel like I just feel like it's such a traditional thing too. You always think about, you know, who like the Canadians captains always a big deal to be a captain of the Montreal Canadiens. Always a big deal to be a captain of, you know, most of the original six teams. Really, mm-hmm. it's something that you know you are given and you take with pride. You are proud to have that C on your chest. And in most situations, you that is the person every team looks to. It's, in most situations, the person every fan looks to on their team. He is our guy. He is our leader. It's just like uh, military stuff. You have your leader. Not saying the, you know, the NHL is like a military, but having your captain is a very important thing, and I feel like every team should have one. Um, as Ottawa announced, they will not have one yet again. <laughs> But it's just my personal opinion that every team should have one. The only time they shouldn't is if they're doing time off for an honorary thing. But that's about it, and even that shouldn't be that long. Okay, I, you know, I, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, you say the Canadians need a captain. Who is the Montreal Canadiens captain right now? Give me a minute to look at the roster. Uh, wait, who's on their roster? They don't have a captain. I would say Shea oh, Weber. No, no, it's Shea Weber. Weber. I say it's Shea Weber. Uh, they shouldn't have a captain. It should be Carey Price. I also believe goalies should be captains. It should be Carey Price, and it should be Mark Andre Fleury for the Vegas Golden Knights, Ooh. bringing it back to Vegas. Ooh, okay, yeah, back to Vegas because I just went off. But they're a team that looks good up and down. They have skill guys. They have their depth guys. They have young guys. They have old guys, and it's a fun team to play against against fun team to watch fun team to watch yes uh they you spoke to the fact that people said maybe the first year was just a fluke yep other people used the argument maybe it was because the expansion draft helped them out too much because they were able to hand pick a team that could go to the western conference finals that could win the western conference and could contend for the stanley cup that was an argument that was made then they had the draft and it when they drafted the team, though, it looked not good. From A lot of people said that was not a good round of drafting by them. But Well, obviously, that was wrong. Yeah, they've proven that to be wrong. So, whether or not you believe... That's not what I'm looking to argue about. Right. Whether or not you believe that's true, and whether or not you believe the expansion draft was a little too favorable to the Vegas Golden Knights, this is year three. They picked up on draft night, they had 30 picks, and they picked up six other players as part of trades that night. Mm -hmm. Or the day before, or before it then, whenever they could negotiate trades. So they had 36 players from the expansion draft, not including 
Reed Duke or Vadim Shipashev, which are two different people. One, Reed Duke's still in the minors. Vadim Shipashev is back. Shipashev back through Russia. Yup. Good one. Thank you. Of those 36 players, do you know how many are still in their organization? Okay. Because a lot of them got flipped immediately. So, Flurry, Riley Smith, Marcia So, Nate Schmidt, Derek Engeland. Uh, I'm at five. Tuck. There's going to be a lot of signs you have to break out of this. Um, I mean, in, instead of you trying to guess it all, I'll tell you there's 13. 13? I probably could have guessed. No, I wouldn't have gone. 13 of 36. Okay. So, so it's a new team. It's, it's whether Regardless or not of whether you thought it helped them in the first year, it's what it was designed to do. Yep. It was designed to do exactly what it did. It was perfect because in that first year, it made them able to compete, and then the players themselves and Gerard Gallant took it to the next level and made them what they were in the Stanley Cup final. And now, it's the resulting moves. It's not from the fantasy draft or whatever the expansion draft that they have. It's it's a team that is expanded, and it is in tune with the rest of the league. The yeah. Vegas Golden Knights went to the Stanley Cup final in their first season as an expansion team. The Atlanta Thrashers, in all their seasons, <laughs> made the playoffs once. Woo. You, you want to know what they did when they made the playoffs? Didn't they get swept? They got swept by the New York Rangers in the first round. Ooh, what year? If you by I, chance I, remember. I have it up right here. That was in 2006-2007. They were first place in the Southeast Conference and got swept by the Rangers. Yeah. So the NHL has figured out how to do an expansion team. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Because the Thrashers were not it. That whole experience was experience was not it. And you were trying to name some of those players. You named Flurry. You named England. Yeah. Marcheseau, Schmidt, Smith, and Tuck. You also had William Carlson. That's you it. had Cody Eakin, Tomas uh, Nosek, Shea Theodore, John Merrill, Jake Bischoff, who's in the minors, and Braden McNabb as well. So that's those are the players that remain from the expansion draft. Obviously, William Carlson, Wild Bill, got re-signed. Obviously, some other players got re-signed. Flurry's going to have to get re-signed. Derek Englund almost wasn't a part of this team and just re-signed for cheap. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but those Alex Tucker signed. Those thirty-six players also include Mikhail Grabowski and David Clarkson. So if you want to include those guys who they acquired and now don't have, yeah, shouted. And you mentioned Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, Paul Stastny. This is a brand new hockey team, and this is the year that we find out whether or not this expansion draft worked because it helped initially. It helped get them into the league and built a fan base. They're revered as one of the best fan bases in the NHL. This is year three. This is when, you know, it starts to actually hit the pavement. They had good success in the first two years, made the playoffs, made a run at the Stanley Cup, should have probably been deeper into last year's playoffs. This is the year, and we're already talking. We already talked about it. They are in a class of their own with the San Jose Sharks in the Pacific Division Mm -hmm. from what we see at the beginning of the season. So if they can do that, and if they can stay there for the next couple of years, the NHL has just found out how to do expansions. And I wouldn't be surprised if, well, one, the Seattle team, you have something to look forward to if you're a Seattle fan. Yeah. You know that this expansion has is working. You're not going to get the Atlanta Thrashers. As long as you get somebody, as long as Ron Francis, who's their GM, is as smart as George McPhee was and plays it the way that he does, and I'm sure he will once he's since he's seen how Vegas is doing. But I, th- I wouldn't be surprised if you see the NHL expand to 34 teams by the end of 2025. No, not 2025. T- sorry, 2035. 34. Now, that would be interesting. The talent pool is enough that you could do that, for sure. Maybe. It's it's rough. It'd be, um, it would take a while. and I think it's, it's mainly money-wise is why I say that. Yeah. Because they, because they found success with it, they're going to go somewhere else. There's places like Hartford that are striving for hockey that'll pay, and that's the problem. It's They're going to pay, and Batman's going to take the cash. I won't say 34. I will say a team will be moved because sometimes moving teams does great things as well. Um, teams that well, teams that could be moved before they, you know, kicked off. The Hurricanes were 
always on the talk on the talks of being moved out year after year. <laughs> the Arizona Coyotes are on a chopping block. I think they just got bought out again by another owner. Every year they have a new owner, but hey. I could see Anaheim moving. If they keep going at their pace, yeah, it would hurt, I feel like, because they kind of are not a storied franchise, but they are a franchise who has a little history and a lot and like a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not just coming off of a Disney movie. That really is coming from guys that have really shown what California hockey has, like Paul Correa, you know, uh, J.S. Shiger for what it's worth. More recently, Ryan Getzlaff. Getzlaff, yeah. Corey Perry when he was healthy and good. Chris Bronger. Yeah, like they have, you know, a little bit of story there. So I could, that would be. The Niedermeyers. Yeah. Sorry. No, you're good. They're one cup with the Niedermeyers. So they have a little story there. So I could see that. That I could see it, but it would be a harder one to see. But more or less, I could see someone moving before we get to 32. I feel like someone will definitely move before we hit to 34, I mean. But 34, the other question that comes with that is, what would the re- what would other sports think of, of hockey having the most teams? <laughs> like, the NFL's, I always looked at, the NFL had 32 teams. Baseball has 30. I always thought they had 31 for some reason. But baseball is 30. Hockey is 31 now. Possibly pushing to 34. How many did the NBA have? 30. <laughs> yeah. What, do, what would other sports think of that? Like, would that force them to expand as well? Or not force them to, but like, would, do you think that would push their hand of... Well, now... It would definitely make them think about it harder. Yeah, because it's like, wait, this... Not low budget, but like this... You know, this... team that we've supposedly left in the rear view in third or fourth place in the major sports now has more franchises than any of us. Yeah. That's an interesting... That's an interesting question. I mean, I feel like basketball would be the first one to jump on because there's... Well, they can. There's so many cities that... Need... Not need, but like could use teams. They could just piggyback the NHL and head back to Seattle. The Seattle was promised a basketball team again, but that's a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the NBA could easily hit 34 because they're in, first of all, they're already in obscure cities, Portland. So who doesn't have a team there? Pittsburgh. Charlotte. They in or out of Charlotte right now? They're in Charlotte. They're okay. I always forget if they're in or out of Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Pittsburgh honestly could use a basketball team. I would fight for one because this is just a quick tangent. Pittsburgh could use a team because you already have a rivalry with Philly if you put him in that division. And Cleveland, if LeBron was still there, it would have been a lot nicer. But, no, no, no. That's just me going off there. Yeah. But, no, like, there's a bunch of cities that the NBA could go to. The NFL expanding to two more would be a little different. Don't think they could do it, really? I don't think, I don't think that would work just because they're already fighting over scheduling and ever yeah. over the fact that they won 18 games, but the players don't want 18 games, and they already probably play probably a couple more games than they should, and adding adding more teams would just make it more games. Yeah. Baseball is just on a decline right now. They need to figure themselves out first before they do anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Extremely. So that, that'll do it for our, our, our hockey talk. I did want to talk about one more thing because a lot has been coming out because of D23 this weekend. Have you seen anything about Disney Plus? No. That is crazy. Nice. Netflix is, is screwed. They need to come out with some fire shows. <laughs> Netflix is basically now a not a streaming they they're not a streaming site anymore they're they're basically a studio now a movie studio and a tv studio i mean hey you know what it's i'm cool that some of the stuff they make is pretty nice yeah some of the stuff they make is pretty nice but you look at the fact that disney plus is going to be seven dollars oh am i gonna pay for that they have what do they have all of disney so Disney Channel originals they're bringing back like they're making new seasons of lizzie mcguire and stuff like that whatever they have Star Wars. They have Marvel. I know that you don't care about either of those. Star have, Wars I like. Marvel. They have National Geographic, which will be kind of cool. And then they have Fox. That's what they... All 30 seasons of The Simpsons are going to be on when they launch in, on November 12th for $7. Does that mean... Hulu, and Malcolm in the Middle. Does that mean Hulu is losing their Fox shows too? 
Uh, it does not, because you know what I found out earlier today? You know who owns Hulu? Say Disney. Disney. Okay, so I can just hold on to my Hulu so account. I saw something. Oh, no, no, no. I saw something that there's a possible bundle they might do that if you own, that if you if you subscribe to Disney+, Plus, Hulu, and ESPN+, Plus, it'll only be $13 a month as a bundle. Netflix is $13 a month. I don't pay for Netflix right now, but... Yeah, but to get all three of those, to get all the Disney movies, Disney, like, originals, stuff like that, I don't know. It's not a hockey-related no, thing, but... and I'm sorry, but it was just crazy, and I wanted to talk about it let a little me, bit. Let me tie hockey into that. Miracle's a Disney movie. Miracle is a Disney movie. Get so that Miracle on. might be on there. I mean, it's on Netflix right now. You, you, get it on. You know what Disney movie will probably be on there? The Mighty Ducks. Oh, I've been dying to watch the Mighty Ducks again. All right, I'm getting it. Settled. I'll pay 13 bucks a month just to watch the Mighty Ducks. November 12th, man. It's coming out, and I probably will end up subscribing to it, mainly because I love Marvel. And also, all the TV shows you look at that are coming out on yeah. there, just just check it out. Do yourself a favor, anybody who's listening. Check out all the stuff that Disney Plus is doing, because it's probably going to be really crazy. I probably won't get it for a little while until I realize all the stuff I would want to watch on Netflix or Hulu were just gone. So I'd have no other choice, because Disney controls everything. Well, Hulu's starting to get a lot more stuff, so that's getting interesting. They just added a bunch of stuff in the, for August. Good. So, Good. A little more interesting. But but with that, I guess I guess we'll, we'll call it an episode since we stopped Hockey Talk like three minutes ago. Like I said... Listen to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts at The Fifth Line. Follow us on Twitter at The Fifth Line One or on Instagram at The Fifth Line Show. Boom. You can follow Nick on Twitter at not underscore Nick underscore Horwat or you can follow me at Nick underscore Berlansky. I got Dash with me now. Uh. Yep, Horwat's holding my cat. Uh, I think that'll do it for this week. Uh, yep. We will see you next week for our first episode in the month of September. We're getting so close. Pink Whitney's will be out by then. Let's, Pink let's Whitney's. See. If let's... you're a Spittin' Chicklets fan, Pink Whitney's Pink Lemonade Vodka from New Amsterdam Vodka will be out. I'm not sure why we're plugging other people's stuff. Uh, so I think that's... Because we might celebrate with it. That's all. all right. yeah, we'll <laughs> probably be drinking the next time we add, or record. Uh, we'll see. We'll anyway, we'll be right. back. See you guys next week.